Good evening to those who are in social media land. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship. This is Minister Eric coming to you with our Saturday night message. It's glad to be with you again on this Saturday evening to give you the word of God. And we pray that we have been a blessing to you through our messages. And tonight we just want to start a new series. We want to talk about I surrender all. I was talking about surrender. That word, that word has really been a <clears throat> keyword in my walk with God. Because even from a young boy, I remember I grew up. I'm a Baptist boy. I grew up with a song. And the song was called "I Surrender." I still remember the verses. It says, "All to Jesus I surrender." Lord, I give myself to to you. Fill me with your loving power. Let thy presence fall on me. I remember those verses. It was like three or four verses. I can, from my memory, remember those verses. And I remember even the little boy. That that song spoke to me about surrendering all. What does that really? What does that really mean? The surrender all to Jesus, and you know because. Surrender doesn't sound too attractive. Okay, it doesn't sound too attractive. So what does it really mean um, to surrender all to Jesus? Because that's part of when you become a Christian, um, that's literally what you have to do. You surrender your life to him. So what does that really mean? Okay. So we tie in this, this, this series, I Surrender All, Surrendering. So you basically saying, Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. So, so surrender is a it's a difficult word to swallow, okay? It's a difficult word to swallow. Surrender, it sounds like losing. And, and, and no one wants to feel like a loser. Think about it. When you surrender, you know, most of us we get the mindset of when you lose something, you surrender, or like in a war, maybe. You know, the person puts up the red flag, say, okay, I give up. Because, you know, I I can't, I see I can't win, so therefore I give up. And so, but no one wants to feel like a loser. Like in our society, you don't want to be considered a loser. So therefore, we fight against it. So so it says no, no wonder it, it's hard to surrender to God because... You don't want to feel like you're losing. We want to win. Everybody wants to win. You want to feel like you win. So this is why it's maybe for you, it's so hard to surrender. For people, it's so hard to surrender to God because you don't want to feel like losing. You feel like you're losing. And so therefore, it's hard to take that word surrendering to God. Our human instincts tell us that surrendering to him may not work out in our, in our favor. Maybe he's mad at us, or maybe we'll just lose control of what we want. But scripture tells us that surrender to Jesus is what is in our best interest. Okay? So human instinct says, hey, you know what? Surrendering to him may not work out in my favor. Because we know what all of us 
we want what we want. We want to be able to do what we want when we want. That's human nature. You, we want to do what we want we want. We don't want to have to answer to anybody. We don't want to give up some things that we like. And then so you said, well, hey, I don't want God mad at me. So maybe you give up because you you don't want God mad at you. Or that's the thing. It says here, maybe you just don't want to lose control over what we're and we like to be in control. I don't know about you. I like to be in control. I like to be control, you know, my circumstances, what I want, when I want. And I get that way sometimes. Okay. So you, the thing is, we struggle with that. And you have to be honest. I want you to be honest. And I'm honest. Sometimes I struggle with surrendering to God. Okay. Because it's just not attractive. It's not attractive. It's not attractive. I know it's not attractive, but scripture tells us that surrendering Jesus is what's in our best. It is in my and your best interest to surrender God. So the first scripture we're going to look at tonight, okay, is coming from Matthews chapter 12, verses 28 to 31. And I'm going to read this from New Living Translation. And it says, one of the teachers of the religious laws was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, if all the commandments, of all the commandments, which is more important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Okay, so listen to what he says. We've heard it before. It says, love the Lord God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is, he, when he asked, when the religious asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? This is what Jesus told him, okay? Now, notice he said, you must love, okay? Now, I want to replace that word love with surrender. Because think about it. When you really love someone, you surrender to them. I want you to follow me for a minute. Now, think, I want you to think about a marriage. For those who are married, you think about getting married, or if you've been married, think about when you stood before the judge or the minister or whatever, whoever married you, what did they say? They said, do you take this person? To love on the chance. To it knows it says to forsake all others. Okay. Till death do us part. No says forsake all others. So when you become married, you forsake everything that you was doing as a single person. Uh, you make a decision rather to forsake all those things. Okay. Love on and cherish, forsake all others. You know, you're supposed to cherish that person, 
love that person, what you what are you doing when you do that? You are surrendering your life for this person. You're giving up as a single man or as a single woman. You're giving up. You have to give up some things in order to become married. Why? Because the Bible says you become one. You become one unit. Now you're no longer living for yourself. Okay, you're living for somebody else. You you've you're taking on the responsibility to take care of somebody else when you become married, and that's what is that? That's surrendering. So you say I'm forgetting about myself so I can think about somebody else. Now I have to give up as a as a man. Okay, I got to give up hanging out with my friends probably something like as much as I used to. Um, you give up your finances. No, you're no longer responsible for taking care of yourself. You are responsible for taking care of the other person. Okay, you come, you move in together. So you give up what? Your living space. Okay, so think about it. You're surrendering. So this is what the scripture is saying here. It says here. So it said, this is in our best interest to sit. It says to you must love the Lord thy God, or you must surrender to the Lord your God with all, guess what? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. So what are you talking about? It's the, it's the three, we man with three part being. Well, body, soul, and spirit. Your heart, your heart is your soul. I mean, your, excuse me, your spirit. Okay. Your soul is you were your thinker, filler, chooser, your mind, okay? You think, your thought life, your strength, your physical strength, okay? You are giving up. You're surrendering all that to Jesus, to God. It says, hey, I surrender all. Notice, notice the title I'm talking about. I surrender all. When, when we're talking about your heart, your soul, your, your mind, your strength, that is all of you. That verse consists of all of you being given up to God. Okay. You're making a decision. So you're surrendering. Then it said the second is eagerly for Love your neighbor as yourself. So what are you doing? You, I'm surrendering the way I feel about my neighbor. And I'm going to start thinking about them the way God, I'm going to love them the way God said love them. Now, this is pretty strong here. It, it's pretty strong. Because when I look at the first part of this, it says, okay, this is pretty tough. Loving the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And guess what? That's going to take your whole lifetime to do that. Okay, that's always an ongoing process of giving of yourself. This is what surrender means. Giving of yourself, of your time, of your talent, of your finances. Giving of yourself. This is what surrender is all about. And now, so that's tough in itself, giving God all of me, okay, all of me. And that is a process. That is not an overnight thing. So let's just say you, you master the first one you, or you do pretty good. You know, loving the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because think about it. God is, that can, you can at some point maybe embrace that. I know you may, maybe you're a person who's struggling with that, but this is what the word of God says. But let's say you've done pretty good with that. Let's just say, okay, I'll do pretty good with that. Now the second one says, love your neighbor. 
Now, that's really tough. Why? Because people are fickle. People will change on you. People are different. Even in your workplace, in your relationship at home, your kids. I mean, you know, your, your siblings, everybody. People change. And sometimes it's hard to get along because some people can make it very, very difficult. Okay. But we're talking about surrendering here. This is the commandment. This is, and this was on the law. Okay. Under grace, Jesus says, love God, love other people as I have loved you. So now God doesn't, guess what? He doesn't give you, tell you to do something, don't equip you with it under grace. Under the law, of Moses, you had to do this on your own strength, and we know it was impossible for you to do it. This is why Jesus had to come. One of the reasons why he had to come and die for us, because we couldn't fulfill the law, so he did it for us. Okay? So, we see here in the scripture, Matthew 12, 20, it says, love the Lord God, God with loves, you must love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and the second report, love your neighbor as yourself. Surrender. So you got to surrender to God and his way. And you have to surrender to loving people his way. And I was thinking this is this is this is this is a tough saying, but when we're talking about surrender, it, it takes all of you. This this group is talking about consistent all of you being given to We're talking about I surrender hard. All, and this is difficult to swallow because we struggle with that. And it's going to take your whole life to do this, your whole Christian life. God has given Jesus supreme and complete authority over all creations now, okay? Bowing the knee is a sign of submission and loyalty and is appropriate response to the sovereign of the universe. So when we look at this, Jesus, we understand Jesus has supreme and complete authority over all creation. We, we call him King Jesus. There's a song, All Hail King Jesus. Okay. So what do you do when you're for a king? When we see on the on the uh the movies and things back in the olden time, what you bow, you bow your knee to the king in submission, in surrender to his. His authority. Um, so you you understood who he was. Okay. And so we see this in the relationship between kings and queens and their subjects. So you as I said, you saw this in the movies. You watched it. They bowed their knee. When they got before the king, they bowed their knee. So all hail to the king. But with Jesus as our ruler, we know that that he will treat us with perfect loving kindness and that his plan and his purpose for our lives will always be good, even if at some moments they are difficult and painful. So you may have seen the movies where the, the king, when he ruled over his subjects, he was, you saw cruel kings, treat the people bad, treat them nasty, just, um, using his power the wrong way. But we know Jesus would never do that because it says it says that he would treat us always, would treat us with loving kindness 
And God always has a good plan for your life and my life. He has a good plan and he has a good purpose for us. And he will always be good to us. But we know at times life can get tough. And there may be some tough moments, maybe some painful moments. So it doesn't mean it's always going to be good. But understand God is always going to be good to you. Life ain't going to always be good to you. But God is always going to be good. Your king is going to always be good. He's always going to treat his subjects. He's always going to treat his children with loving kindness. But life doesn't always treat us kind. Okay. So we can always depend on Jesus, even though when we surrender to him. So we don't have to be afraid. Even when we surrender him, we know that, hey, he's always had good things, but we serve a good God. And he's always good. He's always going to consistently be good. But life may hand you some, some tough things. But understand, you didn't know that no matter what you're going through right now, God he is good. He's not the one that's putting these things on you. Okay. Or he's not trying to teach you something. He's good, even though life may be difficult and painful right now. So let's look at this scripture in reference with what we just said. So let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. The New Living Translation says this. It says, therefore, God elevated him. We're talking about Jesus to the place of high honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declares that jesus christ is lord to the glory of god the father so god elevated him when jesus died for us paid our price you know with his blood god says hey I, I raised him up. I elevated him to a, to the highest honor that his name is above every name. Now, one day, if you haven't bowed already, because if you are a believer, you've confessed Jesus Christ as your savior. Okay, you're his child. But it says here, one day, it says that every, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. It says, in the heavens and the earth and under the earth, even demons going <laughs> by that Jesus Christ is Lord. Here we see our king being elevated. Why? But it says here, if you read that over, it says Jesus, he Lord, he surrendered to the will of God. If you read it, start reading that chapter, it says that Jesus. He lowered himself. He surrendered to the will of God and became a sacrifice even unto death. So Jesus taught us how to surrender to them. He always said, if you read even the gospel, I'm, all, I'm about doing my father's will. I'm doing what my father, I'm only saying what my father tell me to say. Now we have to take that same position that you know what I'm only going to do what my father say do. I'm only going to say what my father say. I'm only going to go where my father say go. This is what we're talking about. I surrender all. And so guess what happens when you do that? The Bible says here, it says that he got elevated. 
So when you do that, when you surrender to God, which may look terrible at the time, okay, he's going to elevate you, okay, to a higher place. So guess what? Surrendering to God calls us to go higher. Now, it may not look like that at the time that you're being, because sometimes when God asks us to surrender to something, it, it looks terrible. And you're like, and I don't know about you. There's things that God told me to surrender. I said, I don't want to do that. Or this is tough. I don't want to surrender to that person. Or I don't want to go to that place. Where gonna, I don't want to do that with you asking me because, hey, it don't look good. It, and I've surrendered to some things that starting off didn't go well. Didn't like it. It was painful. It was difficult going through things that I surrendered. But you know what? God elevated me. Now, when I talk about elevation, I'm not always talking about physical elevations like promotion at a job or, and that's God, and that could be part of it. That's inclusive of it, okay? You know, job or you, you move to another state and get a better this or, you know, you can have physical elevation, but sometimes you can, there's also spiritual and emotional um elevation where the hey for example you, you may go through something and you know what it's something that you may have went through years ago that you didn't handle well but this time when you went through it you was able to handle it better emotionally you were stronger your faith was stronger you know what and, and you were able to handle those situations and that means you're growing mature you emotionally you were able to handle certain things um, spiritually, you grow. So that's and also, so all that's inclusive of being elevated to a higher place. Because what the enemy want to do, the enemy wants you to stay immature and always um, no self-control, no peace, no joy. But through the difficult times that you go through, when you surrender God and you go through those difficult times, you come out stronger Okay, you come out stronger, you know, some things you go through, you come out with more faith, you know, more peace. In other words, when there are other things, you may have to go through it more than one time, what I'm saying. And you know what, the second time may be better than, may be better than the first time. And that's what it should be. When you go through things in life, you face the same temptations and the same trials. You know what? You should come through stronger as you surrender to God and allow him to speak to you so that you can be stronger in those situations or those things you went through before. Okay. So, but he so surrender to God here is you get promoted. You get promoted, so we should never fear um, surrender to him. God created us and also delivered us from the penalty and the slavery to sin. This is what he did for us, what he came for. He delivered us from, this is something we should be happy about. If you don't love God for anything else, it's this one thing. You ought to be excited about that he delivered us from the penalty and the slavery to sin. I no longer have to be a slave to sin. 
the Anulala have to pay the penalty for sin, which was separation from God, going to hell. Jesus took care of that. I no longer have to give in the sin if I don't want to. Because what it has no, as Romans 6 says, it has no more dominion over me. He has promised us a life of freedom and fruitfulness. This is what things he promised us. When you surrender him, these are the things he promised you. He liked a freedom. So we have no, no reason to cower in fear over what submitting to him brings. Okay. Just think about what he did for you. If you think about those two things, he delivered us from the penalty and slavery to sin. And he promised us a, a life of freedom and fruitfulness. Just those two things right there, you don't have to worry about, you know, surrender to God, whether you're going to be taken advantage of and, you know, whether God is, is not taking care of you or he don't love you. Because when you surrender to God, you're going you to experience some difficult times. Okay. Why? Not because he won't be there's an enemy. There's an enemy out to get you to make you quit and cave in and say the enemy wants you to go back to being selfish. He wants you to go back to doing your own thing. Because you know what? I know there maybe you may know somebody. I've known people who surrender God and things didn't go begin to go their way. And the enemy began to attack them. And you know, it's really, and they say, you know what? I'm gonna go back and do my own thing because this ain't worth it. There's another message I'm going to preach maybe later on. It's called, Is Jesus Worth It? But they concluded that with all the chaos that was going on in life, they said, I'm out. we just going to do my own thing. Or I'm not making enough money. Or you know what? Things are not going well because the moment I surrendered to Jesus, maybe you, things begin to, just all hell begin to break loose. And that's what happened because the enemy's going to come to you. He's going to want to try to trick you and say, this ain't worth it. Look at all this stuff. But understand here, if you can keep these things in your forefront, that understand that Jesus paid the penalty for your sins and he freed you from slavery. Now you live a life. He promised you a life of freedom and fruitfulness. So you don't have a reason to cower. Don't worry about it. You won't, or you're going to come out on top just because of those two things right there. Okay, so he has no desire uh, to make our lives miserable. I want you, he, God has no desire. He's not trying to make your life miserable, but wants to us to experience a kingdom characterized by love. Let me say that again, because I think that's pretty strong. He has no desire to make our lives miserable, because this is what the enemy wants you to think. Okay, you surrender, you, now that you surrender to God, now your life is miserable and you can't have any fun. And that's one reason why people don't surrender to God because I can't have any fun. I can't do what I want to do. Well, you need to ask yourself the question. The things that you're doing, are they beneficial? Okay. It may get you a lot of friends. It may make you popular with culture. Okay. It may get you in the in crowd. But you need to think about when you make decisions to do certain things, what is it going to cost you in the long run? What is it going to cost you? Because that's what we need. We need to look at the long-term goal here. 
you may be having fun right now and may be excited and things look good, but that's what the enemy does. The enemy will make things look real good temporarily. But what is the end goal? And read, when you read the word, what does God say about it? Okay, that's the, that's the number one thing. What does God say about that? And you can't find it in the scripture because sometimes we say, well, that ain't, the Bible didn't say you can't do that. Or the Bible didn't say you can't do that. Well, okay, if, you, if there's, it's what we call, if you find yourself in what we call a gray area, then ask the Holy Spirit because that's what he's there for. He lives on the inside of you. Okay, Holy Spirit, I don't have a definite answer. So what do you want me to do? Okay, ask him. But that's what I love about this. It says he has no desire to make your life miserable. God is not trying to make your life miserable, but he wants us to experience a kingdom characterized by love. Remember, as Christians, we live in a kingdom. We're not in a democracy. We in in America we live by democracy where everybody gets a vote, but under a kingdom now, in a kingdom, there's only one vote, and that's what the king says. He 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 has all to say. So now, once again, God is not trying to make us do something, but knows it says a kingdom. <coughs> excuse me, characterized by love. So in this kingdom, it's not motivated by fear. <coughs> Excuse me. It is motivated by love. So whatever you do for God, it should be motivated by love, not by fear, not by guilt, not by obligation. Your number one motivation in this kingdom, in the kingdom of God, is love. Okay, so that should be your key here. If you, if, if what you're doing, if surrendering, so other words, let me say this: you you surrender God. Why? Because you love Him. Okay, I'm not telling you to surrender to Him because He gonna get you. He gonna punish you. No, the enemy come to steal, kill, and destroy. But He said, "I come, you may have life and more abundantly." One uh, trainer said, to the full, to the flows. Okay. <clears throat> so understand, this is a kingdom. We have a king. He rules over us. Remember, I just finished the series about Lord, the lordship of, of Christ. We have a Lord. And his word is the final word. But guess what? He wants you to do what he asked you to do. Because... Of love because you love him because the Bible said he first loved us okay so understand that hey we shouldn't he's not trying to make your life miserable in surrendering him he's not trying to make your life miserable he wants you to have joy he wants this kingdom that you surrender to be characterized by love motivated by love because he loved us first So let me read this, this last scripture here. It says, for we are, excuse me, this is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Reading from a New Living Translation. But we are God's masterpiece. 
he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we do not, so we can, so, so that we can do good things he has planned for us long ago. Let me read it again. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. <clears throat> you are his masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. Okay. When he made, out of all the things that God made, we are, mankind, human race, are his masterpiece. Okay, I know we don't look like it. But you and me, yes, you, you are his master. I know your life is maybe a mess right now, but you are his masterpiece. But he says, he for those who are born again, he created us anew in Christ Jesus. Guess what? So that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. See, God has good things for you. He already has a plan for your life. So you got to find out what that plan is and walk in that plan. So the, the vast, there's a vast difference between being saved by works and being saved unto good works. Let me say it again. So there's a difference between being saved by good works and being saved under good works you're not saved by your good deeds because if that was the case you could take credit for your salvation there's still people think you know hey well if you go to church you won't go to heaven i remember you know coming up in i've been to pentecost church you know they had a song if you live right heaven belongs to you and I learned that song is not right because there are a lot of people who who are not saved who based on human stand they're living pretty good they're living right they're not doing going out here and drinking and getting drunk and live pretty decent lives so that so the song said if you live right it said if you pray right if you talk right no that song is based on works which is saying here, if you say about your works, then that song will be true. But it says that there's a difference. We're not saved by good works, but being saved unto good works. So after you get saved, then God says, I have born out of your love relationship with God. I'm going to do good works. So good works is not the root. Good works is the fruit. Salvation produces good work. Salvation's good works doesn't produce salvation. So good works does not gain us salvation. As I just said, but they affirm that salvation has been received into our lives. So don't get it twisted. Your, your, your church attendance and your feeding the homeless and, you know, your giving to your ministry or giving outside your ministry and all the good deeds that you do okay, does not gain you salvation. Okay. It is what Jesus did. Thank God that gives us salvation. His finished work on the cross. He the one down the cross, not us. 
And so we have to make sure we stay on the, 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 the foundation, because that is the foundation of the gospel, what Jesus did on the cross. Okay, good works cannot produce a new nature. I want you to get this. But a new nature should produce good works. Let me say that one more time. Good works cannot produce a new nature. But a new nature should produce good works. Okay. Remember, before you got saved, you may have been a good person. You, even I think everybody, before they got saved, most people, you did some good things. But it did not change your sinful nature. This is the thing people have to understand. This I want you to get this tonight. Your good works did not produce a new a new nature in you. It's just like you know uh, when you if you have been to a circus, we see that the lions and the tigers are tame. You know they're not because you go out in the wildlife. If you come across a lion or a tiger, they will attack you, and the power they're gonna kill you because it's their nature to kill. But when we see in the circus, they don't attack the uh, their, the people who attain them. Why? Because they've been trained not to do that. But guess what? They still have the same nature. So at, at any point, that animal can turn on them because they still have the same nature. Okay? They still a snake. You can pet it all you want. But at some point, it can't bite you because it still has the nature of a snake. The only way that snake is not going to bite is if you give it the, the nature of a bird or something. Something that's not going to bite. So your good works doesn't, does not produce a new nature. But when you got saved, God gave you a new nature. You no longer have the sinful nature, but you have a new nature, a divine nature, which God has given you. You have a new equipment. But understand a new nature should, guess what? The last part I said, hey, but a new nature should produce good work. So if you've been born again, you should have a desire to want to do good works. You're not, nobody's perfect, but you should want to do good works. Why? Because out of that new nature, out of that relationship, I like what we say at, at what we say there at, um, at our church, the new nature, grace and faith, fellow, we always talk about relationship. Out of your relationship, good works come forth. So there's a vast difference. So when you surrender to God, those those good works are going to come out of you. You say what? What am I saying? So we're talking about surrender. Now I to surrender to God so that I can produce or I can begin to do these good works as it said here that that he planned long ago for me okay so i'm surrendering to doing the work of the ministry okay god my life is yours now you can do whatever show me the good works that you planned for me long ago so that you make it to glory so, so following Jesus wholeheartedly requires submission to him. We can't follow our own agenda and simultaneously follow him. Let me say it again. You, you, you cannot follow your own agenda and simultaneously follow Jesus. You can't do both. Trying to do both wills create more tension and stress. We don't know 
where he will lead us, but we do know that he, he is good and trustworthy, and he has created us for good works, which he has already prepared for us. So you, you can't have your will. You can't do your will and God will at the same time. You just gonna be frustration, and maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're that person. You know, you say, "I, I quit," because you were trying to do God's will and your will at the same time, and they were colliding, and you're frustrated, and you're stressed out because. And I know, and I've been here, and I'm, I know I'm speaking to somebody. When you stand on the journey and do us, you you made a decision for Jesus to surrender your life to Him. And you started on that journey and things got difficult and you quit. And because I'm be honest with you, there's been times where I felt like quitting. I felt like that, hey, I'm not getting anywhere. This is not taking me anywhere. I feel like I'm going backwards. And I know you feeling that way right now. You know, because the enemy is coming at you and attacking you. And maybe you're that person to say, you know what, I left the church. I quit because I was trying to do what God wanted me to do. And you know what? People treated me bad. Things didn't go my way. I lost my job. I lost uh, a close loved one when I believed God for healing. But they died anyway. And these are things I know have happened to you. Or whatever happened to you. You may have prayed for somebody to get saved and then maybe they never got saved. And so, but the thing is, regardless of all those things, you still have to have a mind to surrender to God's will. God didn't tell us that, he, that the plans that he had for us are going to always be smooth. Okay, you need to understand that. He didn't, play, he didn't tell us that everything was going to, I remember growing with song that said, and said, nobody told me that the role would, would be easy. But remember, this, but the song says, it, but I don't believe he brought me this far. Why wow, I feel that to leave me. Song said, I don't feel no way to come too far from where I started from. You come too far from where you started from. Get back on track. Surrender your life to Jesus. Okay. And don't, you know, it's, it's going to be this thing where your will versus his will. And you have to get to a place. Jesus got to that place in the Garden of Gethsemane where he says, hey, Lord, you know what? If it be possible, listen to what Jesus said. Let this bitter cup pass for me. But guess what he said? He said, but not my will. For your will. What was he doing? He was surrendering his life to the will of the Father. And what was that? What was his? What was his purpose? What was his plan? To die for the sins of the world, which includes me and you. That's what he was doing. And so, you got this tension in your life. Maybe you need to say, you know what, God, say right now, I, I surrender all to you. I'm tired of fighting. And I understand it's not going to be the but I give my life to you. As we talk about, I give my heart, my soul, my mind, my strength to you. I give it to you right now. 
in the name of Jesus, I surrender all to you. My thought life belongs to you. Now, once again, I'm not saying this is not, this ain't an overnight thing. Just because you prayed that prayer with me, and I believe somebody did, that it's just overnight, boom. No. The moment you prayed that prayer, the enemy is going to begin to fight you in that. And the enemy is going to always, he's always trying to get us to go back to self-effort. That's the word I want to look for, self-effort, to do it in our own strength, to do it in our own will, to do it our own way. But I challenge you tonight, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you as to where to go, where to walk. Because guess what? It says that he has created us for good works and he has already prepared us. So he, God has a great plan for your life. But when you surrender, you're going to find that plan for your life. As you surrender. So, so now is the time to, to give the reins to guide your life to the very best place beyond what you can even imagine yourself. See, God can take us places to where we never even imagined. He can take you that place. He wants to take you that place. But it starts with the phrase, with the prayer, excuse me. I surrender all to you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for every year to listen. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit, I thank you for your Holy Spirit speaking to that person, that they begin to live a life of surrender to you, give you their all, their mind, their thought life their emotions god their finances whatever they need to turn over to you god i pray that your holy spirit speak to them and god i thank you for putting people around them that will keep them focused on the plan the purpose you have for their life holy spirit minister to that person right now who's hearing my voice and god i give you all the glory and all the praise in the mighty name of jesus i pray Amen. Once again, I thank you for listening tonight. I thank you for just listening to us. Uh, we always encourage comments. Uh, as I said, we do have an app that you can um, download on your Android or your iPhone, whichever one you have, uh, Grace and Faith Fellowship, and you can leave a prayer request, leave comments. And then we love to respond back to you. Once again, I thank you for listening tonight and we'll be back with you, you know, next week. Bye-bye.